I am Planta on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Mike Luckovich joins me now. The award-winning editorial cartoonist recently published a collection of his work, The Twisted History of the GOP. It brings together recent work that, as he puts it, highlights the descent of the Republican Party into a fascist, racist, anti-science, pro-conspiracy cult. I'll ask him why he views it so and review some of the biting, often funny cartoons he's drawn over the years as the once proud, competent counterbalance to the Democratic Party began to change in the 1990s with the rise in influence of uh, Newt Gingrich, Rush Limbaugh, and Fox News. Sometimes the cartoons are delightful and playful, and sometimes they're depressing and leave one with little hope. The twice-impeached con man, former President Donald Trump, still remains a vital part of the party, and for some time yet. I'll ask Mr. Lekovich about how he copes and how he views his work in the political climate of his country. Mike Lukovic is a Seattle native who has received two Pulitzer Prizes for his editorial cartoons that have appeared in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution since 1989. His cartoons are reprinted in newspapers across the United States and have been included in his previous books, Four More Wars and A Very Stable Genius. In 2005, he received the Rubin Award presented by the National Cartoonist Society for Cartoonist of the Year. Visit mluckovich.com for more, especially if you want to buy signed prints. His Twitter handle is at mluckovichajc. The book is published by ECW Press. We spoke yesterday with Mike joining me from his home in Atlanta, Georgia. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program Mike Luckovich. Mr. Luckovich, good morning. Hey, good morning, Joe. How you doing? Pretty good yourself. I'm, I am fabulous. You know, the, the thing I was thinking about, Mike, as I was reading your book... Um, it came out uh, a few months ago. Um, yeah. It, it's, um, it, as an outsider, as a Canadian talking to you, um, I can't help but um, uh, look at your country and, and um, just see how, how bleak and, and depressing it might be. Um, yeah. Uh, so some, some people might, might look at the United States in, in terms of it, the, the democracy itself as a failed state. Um, but we can't yeah. be; those of us can't be smug about these things, as we have our own problems in our own countries. Uh, but day to day living there, I mean, how does it feel for you as an artist? I mean, are are, are you? Um, I'm assuming you, you you have your life to live every day. It can't be right. all that bleak, right? Well, well, it's not. It's not. But but part of my life is bleak because I'm looking at what's happening in this country and. Uh, and seeing how how you know you can go from a stable uh, republic democracy to something that's kind of unstable and and I really you know when when George W. Bush became president that was kind of the first that I saw that America was maybe not this uh, uh, stable country that I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And 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 now since uh, you know when when uh, Trump was elected or got in, uh, you just saw you, you you could see how easily the guardrails could be uh, trampled on. You know, they so much of so much of the, the way the country uh, is or, or 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 behaves is sort of based on just mutual uh, agreements. There's nothing that will really prevent. A country from falling into autocracy, and that's that's what's kind of scary. But but that's given me a, re, a renewed uh, a focus to 
because I really want my voice out there just to let people know what's going on and, and uh, you know, try to show how we can make things better. And I know that's a big, uh, big order for, for a cartoon, but that's, that's what I really try and do. And, you know, you, you're seeing in America, it's bleak, but you're seeing, you know, just, just uh, uh, last night they uh, voted a, uh, in, in Wisconsin a, a uh, Supreme Court justice, uh, a, a progressive Supreme Court justice. And she was up against a, a right-wing uh, a guy who is one of those scary kind of people that kind of the mega mm-hmm. uh, Republican. And so, so you're seeing that, that, and what's so great is that Generation Z, the young generation, is getting out and voting. And they are seeing, you know, in their lifetimes, all they have known is mass school shootings. Mm-hmm. And, and so there, I really think that there are, are big hope for the future because they are so much more uh, open-minded about diversity and, uh, you know, they want, they want common sense gun uh, restrictions. And so I'm, I'm, I'm scared about what's going on, but I'm also hopeful. Now, you live in a state, Mike, where um, uh, it's, it's largely known as a red state, and it, it's become bluer yeah. as, as uh, yeah. years have gone on. But, you know, I remember the, 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 the runoff, um, the, the Herschel Walker runoff um, in December, and I remember seeing on television these long lines for people voting in that, and not to mention the general election. Um, right. I, I don't know how long it took for you to vote, but, I mean, it, it shouldn't take several hours to, to line up and, and, and exercise your vote, right? Exactly. And, well, what it, what it is is, you know, if you live in a – if you live like in Atlanta in, uh, say, a – Kind of a, a, a an expensive area like Buckhead. Sure. Uh, you 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 get to vote much faster. Uh, it's it's predominantly white. If you go to uh, areas of town where where it's majority black, they have a, they have to wait longer in line and they have to wait hours. And 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 you know they they are black people who they are willing. You know their their progress has not been steady, but they still turn out, and especially black women, and they go and they will wait in line, and and you know something's got to be done about the times. But they, but that's a, uh, you know that that doesn't happen by accident. You know mm-hmm. they, it's it's all about voter suppression. Yeah. Uh, you you grew up in Seattle. Um, some some might say yeah. you were always a liberal. Is is that how you, <laughs> you, you viewed your politics or leaned towards? Say, uh, you know, no. I I was uh, when I was in uh, high school. Uh, I was, you know, I was sort of apolitical, and I went to a. Uh, I, for a while, we lived in Boise, and I went to Bishop Kelly High School, which is a Catholic high school, and started drawing for the school newspaper. And drawing uh, uh, things that I disagreed with when it came to the nuns and priests who were the main teachers at the school, and that's when I really started uh, uh, developing a kind of a, 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 my political beliefs. Uh, but it was, you know, it, it wasn't there to begin with. And, and I, I, I first wanted to draw from Mad Magazine, mm-hmm. which is uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Mad Magazine, yeah. but mm-hmm. in the United States, yeah, it's. Uh, it was a great. Uh, I don't even know if it's available now. Maybe maybe quarterly, but mm-hmm. they had these 
great artists like Mort Drucker who, who would draw the movie satires. And so I used to just look at his stuff and try and draw like him. And, uh, and then, and then as, the more I drew and, I, and got interested in editorial cartooning, uh, the more I, I became political. The thing is, I'm reading your book, and I'm, I'm noticing the, the um, there is a change, I guess, in your work. And, and you write about this at the beginning, um, how um, things were going along pretty well in your country. And yeah. by, by the late 90s, something changes. Um, in terms of, of Trump's arrival and his, his presence on the political scene, I mean, it's still very much a presence today. Um, yeah. and will influence the 2024 election regardless of, of whether he's on the ballot or not. Um, right. It, it, it seems as I'm reading the, the book, in term, if, you, if you're looking for a narrative, say, of the Republican Party, the GOP, um, it, it's sort of this decline, if you will. Um, yeah. It, it, does Trump accelerate that? I'm, I'm wondering what happens in the future. Is he, is he a, a, a symptom of it in terms of, uh, where it's headed, or, it's, or, or does he signal the end, perhaps? You know, that, that is the million-dollar question. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I wish I knew. I, I keep thinking, okay, are, are Republicans just going to keep going to the lowest common denominator? But, you know, are they just going to keep going down the toilet and bringing the country with them? And, you know, it, it's frustrating because, that's what I see happening. I mean, there are, there are never Trumpers out there who are, who are Republicans I used to vehemently disagree with, yeah. who are now, you know, anti-Trump and trying to, uh, you know, uh, help, help uh, Republicans see that this is not the way to go. Uh-huh. But I, I just, I don't know. It's going to be years until we find out, I think. Yeah, and... and in terms of um, the, the party itself, I mean, um, w- when you look at, say, state level or, um, you know, other than, say, the national level, do, do you find that there's yeah. hope for the party, say? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, again, it's hard, to, it's hard to know. I mean, in, in uh, Tennessee, where there was just a, a school shooting, uh, in Nashville, I think it was last week or so, yeah. uh, there were there was a group of uh, there were three Democratic uh, legisl- legislators legislators that were uh, protesting along with their constituents protesting uh, gun violence, and now they're on the verge of being uh, being kicked out of the uh, out of the legislature by the Republicans. Mm-hmm. So it's you know that's that's not that's not democrat that's not democracy. Uh, so I, 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 you know, I'm just, I'm just going to keep putting my stuff out there and, and, and doing what I can to, to, uh, to make a difference. Yeah. The, the, um, the Senate Democrats in particular come into focus in the book. Um, it, it, it's, um, it doesn't look, I mean, I, I, I really, <laughs> as someone observing these things, I can't find any optimism in, in, um, even in the never trumpers uh, succeeding at all you know yeah yeah it, you know but it's you know how life is you know things you're not expecting happen i never expected trump to be being become president mm. and uh and when he did it, you know it just it's amazing
amazing how someone like him, you know, you can kind of be going along and, you know, we had problems before him and he was, he was a symptom of the problem. But it's amazing how he could come into, into office and, and, uh, and then, you know, claim, claim that his election was rigged and then so many people believe that crap. Uh, in 2016, when he was first running, he was saying how, and, and I, I referred to this in the book, I, I, I did a cartoon on this, he, he was talking about how the, the, if he lost the election, it meant, meant the election was rigged. Mm, right. So, so, so that was back in 2016. So then in 2020, he's saying the same, you know, he doesn't have a very large playbook. And so he's saying the same darn thing, yet so many people... First of all, they, a lot of people voted for him, and so many people still believe his his nonsense. It's just it's just amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the NRA <laughs> also comes into focus in your book because the the the, uh, uh, the tremendous influence they have on on politics in in the United States as well as certainly on on the the GOP itself. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see how the, that party can shake off that organization's influence i mean i i i i just don't see how that changes the, the, at only, all. the only way that's gonna uh shake that off is if if voters come out and you know they 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 were beat badly in wisconsin to the uh, the supreme court justice mm. won by like 10 or 11 points which is a huge victory yeah so People are so tired, Americans are so tired and sickened over this gun violence that, you know, I I think that, that, that that's what's going to make Republicans change is if they are rejected at the ballot box. And and uh, that's that's what I'm, I'm hoping is, is going to happen. But that judge who lost, he, he had, uh, he spoke in the press, after right. losing, and he refused to concede, and 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 I've only read reports of what he said, and and it, it was pretty ugly in terms of, of not wanting to concede because he didn't feel that his opponent was worthy. Um, right. That sort of rhetoric, that sort of attitude, will I, I think will persist within that party, don't you think? I I, I think so. I mean, it's you know what what you know they they're dealing with a dwindling base, and and this and the base they're the ones that vote in the primaries. So, and, and, you know, for a candidate to advance to the general election, they have to get through the primaries. And so the primaries are all the really, you know, racist gun nuts. So people like Ron DeSantis, you know, the governor of Florida, who is uh, uh, pondering a presidential campaign, he has to appeal to these idiots. Mm. And, and, uh, and, and so do all the, all the Republicans. And, uh, so it has just skewed our, our – and so now we have all these clowns in, in Congress like Marjorie Taylor Greene and, uh, and Lauren Bobart, and, and they're just – they're so stupid and, ra- and racist and fascist. And it's, it's just uh, – it, it's weird seeing the country go through this kind of uh, uh, madness. The, the other uh, uh, part of your country that you talk about in the book is the Supreme Court. Which is a, a very yeah. important part of your, your system, um, but but yeah. it also has has had its challenges in recent years. And I think activists, especially on the right, have have found it useful to say dominate um, the politics of, of that institution. 
Oh, exactly. I mean, this has been a long, uh, uh, this has been a, a long-range plan that they've had, and 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 it's amazing to me when you think that this, that Trump, this corrupt, uh, corrupt crook who cheated his way to become president, he he appointed three of the three of the most radical court, uh, radical justices on the court. So yeah, it's uh, uh, our whole our whole of government has been. Uh, corrupted, and I'm I'm hoping we can we can uh, you know get this cancer treated. You know that. that I, I've always liked elephants, but but after reading your book, they they, they, <laughs> they don't seem that appealing anymore. They seem sinister, if you will. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I I, I I'm still a fan of elephants, just just not uh, <laughs> not they represent. But but you know, in in my book, I you know I to. Um, I mean, I, I, I still use humor in my cartoons in many cases, and I think that uh, the, the, the best cartoons are, for me, from my perspective, are cartoons where you can make a strong point but still have a twist or, or humor. Uh, I think that's a, I think satire is, is the best way to, to, to land a punch. But I've, I, also, I also, in the book, I talk a little bit about Jimmy Carter and mm-hmm. and, and, and Rosalind Carter, and also John Lewis, um, and I, I I I knew I knew knew both of those uh, both of those all of those people. Yeah. And they and and of course they're Democrats, but they were, you know, they're just such uh, wonderful, amazing people. And I got to know John Lewis pretty well over the years, and and he always liked me. Uh, you know, when he would see me at something, he'd get a big smile on his face, and I'd drawn him numerous times, and and uh, and so I, there, there, I I I talk about I talk about him in, in the book, um, but uh, you know he was just he was just, you know he was this courageous uh, an American hero, but at the same time, you know when you when you got to know him, he was just like so. Um, so humble, so soft-spoken. You know, he uh, he's friends with another friend of mine, and and this guy was telling me that uh, that uh, John Lewis had like 22 feral cats that lived under his porch. So he'd go to Costco and he'd buy these big containers of cat food, and he'd feed these cats on the weekends when he was when he was when he was home from Washington. Mm-hmm. And that I thought that I just like that story because it just seemed like the John Lewis. That I knew this guy who, you know, was this larger than life figure, but you know, feeding 22 uh, homeless cats every every week. Yeah, you tell the story in the book about the the, the one cartoon that that uh, a lot of us uh, saw. Um, I, I guess Senator Ossoff, when he was running for office, he had oh, right. He, he had uh, uh, the, the cartoon of, of John Lewis, I guess, acting as a bridge uh, for people. Um, I guess it was Leslie Jones, a comedian, was was the one who who uh, pointed that out to everybody on Twitter. Um, oh. The, the um, you mentioned in the book that people still ask you for or the, for prints of that. They can order the, those from you. Is that right? Oh yeah, right, right. So so here's here's the weird thing. You know, I have a I, I do have a uh, uh, gosh, I don't even remember my website address. It's mlekovich dot and uh, and uh, so I, I sell I sell prints on there, uh, but when Ossoff was running, uh, every time he was interviewed, he would uh, 
he, he would sit at, he was sitting in a chair, and right behind him was this, was this drawing uh, of, of John Lewis as the bridge. And, uh, and uh, so I started getting requests for this, this, and so I, I put it on my social media that I was selling signed prints, and, and, and people all over the country were, were, were uh, uh, contacting me. So it was really an amazing, an amazing thing. Yeah, one of my favorites of yours, um, which you also write about in the book, um, it was a few years ago now. It's the the uh, Jimmy Ca- uh, Jimmy Carter for Cancer Survivor. Um, oh right, which is just a beautiful, beautiful car- cartoon, and I think uh, just saying that right now, I think will remind people of it. Um, in the book, you write that it came together rather quickly. Oh yeah, so so I was, you know, I, I usually wait all day uh, in to come up with an idea and draw it. So it was like 6.30 at night, mm-hmm. and I'm drawing a cartoon, and then news, uh, we, we, we got news that uh, uh, Jimmy Carter was in uh, Emory University Hospital here in Atlanta uh, undergoing treatment for brain cancer. Uh, so I thought about that, and I, I went over to my, my editor, and I said, listen, I, I know I've got this other cartoon that I'm working on, but I just heard about Jimmy Carter. uh you know, can I come up with something on on him? And and my editor, you know, he was worried about deadlines, and he said, "Okay, just just hurry, just hurry." So I, I came up with something. I, I I draw this couple in my cartoon. In a lot of my cartoons, I, I make the woman taller just because I like. I think women are, are the smarter of the of the two. <laughs> uh, yeah. In my opinion, yeah. and uh, so I, I have them uh, in the cartoon, and. Uh, and uh, uh, so, so I can't. I, I mean, I'm trying to remember how I drew that out. Uh, let, me, let me here. I got my, I got the book right here. I yeah, see. They're, see, I, I, they're standing see, on I, their lawn, right? Oh yeah, right. Okay, so so see when I do these cartoons, I I, I draw them and I kind of forget what I what I've done. Yeah, so they're on their lawn, and what they're doing is they're pounding in a in a campaign sign, mm-hmm. or, uh, uh, what looks like a campaign sign, only on the, on the sign it says uh, Jimmy Carter for Cancer Survivor. So they're pounding that in. And so I did that cartoon, and it ran the next day. And then like a day later, uh, I get a call from someone who lives in Plains, Georgia, Jimmy, Jimmy and Rosalind's hometown. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, listen, we saw that cartoon. Uh, would you mind if we took... That campaign sign in your car, in your drawing, can we reproduce reproduce those uh, to have for, for for the Carters? And I said, okay, that would be great. So, so when Jimmy, uh, President Carter, and Rosalind were were coming back from Emory Hospital back to Plains, uh, you know, they were driving the Secret Service were driving them in. When they got to Main Street in, in Plains. Uh, you, you look down Main Street, and on both sides were all were like 500 of these campaign signs that said Jimmy Carter for Cancer Survivor. So, so he got out of his uh, out of his uh, car, and he took a picture of that. Mm-hmm. And then, I, so he sent me a letter just saying how much he liked seeing that, and and and, uh, and along with the picture. And uh, so I have that hanging on my wall now. I, so, so sometimes when you do a cartoon, you don't know exactly. Usually they're kind of received negatively because it's sort of a negative art form. But it, but occasionally you can do a cartoon that has a, you know, is, is either positive or just has some 
impact that you're not expecting. And it, so it's, it's always a fun job to have just, just to, uh, to, to get the feedback. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, uh, piece. And, and I remember um, just how, 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 how viral it went. Um, people yeah. were sharing that in the days after uh, it came out. And then, of course, I saw the photo of him posing with the, with, with the, 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 uh, the sign on the oh, news right. as well. Um, it, it's, um, it, it says something about the, about the man, uh, um, just how much people wanted to share that, say. Right, right. Well, he, you know, I remember years ago, uh, you know, because of polarization or something, uh, the AJC, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we get uh, letters to the editor that were just, you know, very negative towards uh, President Carter. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I always thought, you know, I, I, I never understood the, the, the animosity towards him because he's such a decent person. But I think in the last 20 years, I think even some of the, the haters out there are sort of re, uh, reevaluating him because of all the wonderful work he's done, you know, with Habitat for Humanity. And, and uh, he's just, you know, just such a, a wonderful, a kind person. So... You know he's in hospice now. He's he, you mm-hmm. know he's home and he's in hospice, and so you know we don't know how much time he has uh, left here with us. Uh, but I've already done a cartoon. Uh, I actually I did a cartoon about uh, about him passing, mm-hmm. and and I got it all done and it's in the system and ready to go. But a couple of, uh, like a week and a half ago, I contacted my editor and I, I sent him a new sketch and I said, you know, I know I've already got one in there, but I, but I like this, this idea better. And so I, I redrew this, redrew it. And now, now the updated uh, cartoon is, is, is now uh, ready to go when that, when that day comes. What uh, what sort of feedback do you get from your editors at the paper in terms of, of um, say you you might have a, a, a number of ideas um, yeah. the the day before a piece runs and or what the piece will be um, yeah do they do they have much influence in terms of, of what we end up seeing say on, on the on the editorial uh, page yeah well yeah I, and first of all let me say having an editor is a good thing because. You know, when I'm looking at a sketch that I come up with, and I'm looking at it, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about it a lot. I liken it to looking at the word "who," W-H-O. If you were to spend a long time looking at the word "who," after a while, you'd start thinking, "What the hell does "who" mean?" So I I <laughs> yeah. need an, I need an editor to, uh, to to look at my stuff to make sure that it that it makes sense. And there are times when an editor has told me, oh, you know, I wouldn't do that because of this reason. And, it, and it's something that I wasn't even aware of until I, until, until the editor tells me that. And I think, oh, crap, I'm glad I didn't do that cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, editors are valuable, valuable for cartoonists. And so what I, what I do is, you know, prior to the pandemic, I worked at the, at the newspaper. Uh, once, once the pandemic started... I moved to where I'm sitting right now in my basement, which is unfinished, it's concrete. I'm right next to my water heater and my, my furnace. Mm-hmm. And uh, but, but for the last over three years, this is where I've been. So when I come up with an idea, 
what, what I'll do a lot of times, I'll come up with two or three ideas, and I, I will actually take those rough, scan them into my computer, and then I'll post them on Twitter. And what I'll do is I'll just say, which, which of these two or which of these three do you, should I draw today? And so I'll put that up on Twitter, and I'll leave it up for maybe three or four minutes, and then I'll get a bunch of responses, and I'll, I'll like write one, two, and three on a piece of paper and kind of mark which ones that people like, and then I'll just delete that from, from Twitter. But people on Twitter are such uh, news, uh, immersed in the news, mm-hmm. that, that they're really a valuable resource. I also use my wife. She'll, she's upstairs, so I'll, I'll bring the ideas to her. But then once I get an idea... I'll, 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 I'll email that to my to my editorial page editor, who sends it off to a couple other editors, and then and then they they most of the time they'll give me the thumbs up, but occasionally uh, they they'll say no, and uh, but usually they have a have a, a valid reason for that. They they let me pretty much do what I want. I can pretty much say what I want around here. Now, the, the uh, th- thanks to email uh, and and Twitter, obviously, um, you, you get feedback quite quickly, and and your work yeah. gets seen, uh, you know, outside of say readers of, of the AGC. Um, right. In terms of the feedback that you've gotten over the years, I know there's a, there's a letter to the editor in the back of the book um, from someone who was not happy with your work. Um, right. What sort of feedback do you get? I mean, is it generally positive? Say. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't say it's, well, no, you know, you're, you're probably right. I, I probably get, uh, uh, more positive and ne- uh, negative feedback. I, when I post on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, I get a lot, I, what's so great is I don't have to wait till the next day when, it, when the newspaper comes out in print. I start mm-hmm. getting immediate comments and, uh, and, you know, there are always people that, uh, are, are, that I get negative comments from, but I, you know, I figure if I can dish it out, I should be able to take it. And uh, and what I do, you know, when I get the rare phone call with someone who's uh, upset about a cartoon, uh, I found it just easier instead of getting into an argument with them because it's like just, it's like talking about religion. There's not going to be a meeting of the mind necessarily. Mm. So what I what I'll do is just to you know, just to to avoid that, I'll just say, well, you know, the, the, who who's ever pissed off at me, whatever they're saying, I'll just say, well, you know, you you, you, you have a good point there, and that just sort of disarms that person, and then we can just kind of end the call. Uh, you know, I, I'd rather do that than get all be all pissed off at somebody. Mm-hmm. So, as I'm reading the book, the the twisted history of the GOP, I notice that that. Um, your work has taken on this this uh, urgency, if you will, and, and you, you've talked about this at, at the outset of our chat. Um, yeah. At the same time, th- there's still great joy that I, I can see in a lot of the pieces. As bleak it oh. is, is, you're still having fun, aren't you? Oh, man, Joe, I am. I, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but, I'm, you know, it's still such a, a focus of my life, uh, it's it's a vocation rather than a job, mm. and and you know and and you know getting my point across is important, and it's all but it's also important is in getting it across in a fun or clever way, because if I can do that, I just feel like I I just completed my task for the day and I'm happy. When when, when I fall short, 
which is often, you know, I'm all I, I'm always criticizing myself. But when I fall short, I always know that the next day I can I can sit down and start thinking again and kind of redeem myself by doing a a a a, 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 a better cartoon. But but you're only as good as your last cartoon. You, you know, you can't you can't ever rest. You can't ever get lazy. Uh, you know, you always have to just be reading about issues and thinking about issues and and just you know trying to trying to be as creative as you can be in terms of drawing uh, president former president trump i mean um uh, there's so many things that you you could uh, say skewer about his uh, appearance or uh, the yeah. way he dressed the hair or the skin um did you i don't know, enjoy is the right word but i mean drawing him as as often as you did the last four or five years or so more than that now um yeah did, did you find it um i mean did, did you derive any any pleasure out of uh, of depicting him say well here here's how i always describe this to people uh trump uh, was was like is like being married to a nymphomaniac. Fun at first, but then it becomes a nightmare. <laughs> so, that, so that's what yeah. he's like. It's like, um, you know, I mean, I will still, I will still enjoy uh, drawing him. I, you know, I keep making his hands smaller and smaller. <laughs> I make his skin orangier and orangier. Um, so there's still, and now, you know, I did a cartoon yesterday kind of uh, on his uh, comeuppance in a way mm-hmm. and and, I, and the one I just finished today was another one uh, with with uh, that shows he and uh, 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 lady justice in the in the drawing and and folks who are listening uh, you can you can find me on Twitter you can type in Mike Luckovich and you can see my cartoons or you can go to Facebook I'm also on Instagram and then I'm at ajc.com. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Journal Constitution, AJC.com, so people can see my 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 work uh, every day. And um, in terms of using color, um, uh, uh, this is something that I guess you didn't uh, start out doing in the '80s, did you? Um, right, right. No. Yeah. What do you think that's added to your work? Um, I don't know. I think it kind of. Uh, I think it just makes it more, a little more fun uh, and, and interesting. I think, and and I like doing it. So I, so what I do, I, I draw, like, like cartoonists like Thomas Nast, uh, you know, an early American cartoonist, you know, 150 or 200 years ago. You know, I, I sit at a table, I, I take my pens, and I, I do my drawing, and then once I'm finished, I, I, I have a scanner here. I scan the drawing in, and so into Photoshop, and then I just use my uh, my mouse and I color it, mm-hmm. and and then I'm able to transmit it, uh, you know, via I, I put it in the, the uh, AJC's computer system, and then and then email it out to my uh, syndicated uh, people. So uh, yeah, so it's uh, the coloring's fun, and and I. And Really, I, it's always great once I get the black and white done to be able to color it. Do you use specific pens? Yeah, I do. Let me let me just see here what they're because I was forgetting. I use uh, the the pen that I use the most is called a 
a Pigma Micron, Pigma Micron Zero Eight. It's just a permanent ink pen. You know, I usually just ordered them on Amazon, and so that's that's for thinner lines. And then when I want a, a thicker line, kind of like a brush stroke, mm-hmm. I use a pen called a Faber Castell uh, Artist Pen Big Brush. It's called, which is like a black. It's a black pen. Uh, it's got a, it's got a foam tip, so it's a, it's a pen, but it's also a brush. Mm. So, so those are the two things. And then what I do is I go through uh, most of my cartoons. I just just draw on a piece of paper. I don't pencil anything in. So I go through a lot of whiteouts. So I'm I'm looking at my hand right now, and there's on on, on my fingertips there's a bunch of whiteout, and that's just a daily thing. Uh, like today, I. I I didn't like my the way I had drawn uh, Trump mm-hmm. Trump's face, so I just whited it out and, and redrew it. Does it does it get easier, say, depicting people that you have to draw regularly? Oh, oh, sure it does. Yeah, um, uh, you know, uh, Trump or Obama or George W. Bush, uh, 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 Bill Clinton. You know, they, they become like uh, my Garfield the cat, my main character. And so I, I draw them almost, you know, a couple, at least three times a week. And, uh, and so it becomes like, you know, second nature almost. Although I found that when you stop drawing them, like uh, Trump has been, he's still been out there, but he's been, you know, he's not in the news every yeah, day. Yeah. He's at Mar-a-Lago. So drawing him again, is, it's like, uh, it, it's not as natural as, as uh, when, he, when he's around constantly. What is it like when you meet someone that you've drawn, uh, in, uh, you, you've met them in person, and in terms of, say, noticing something that you didn't notice about them physically, and, and, and does that change how you draw them, say? Uh, yeah. I, I, let's see, I'm trying to think who I've seen recently. You know, I, 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 well, I've been in my basement, so I haven't seen yeah. anybody do something. But, but uh, you know, I once saw uh, Clinton. This was after his presidency. Uh, it was at a uh, uh, kind of his... Uh, it was like a two-day retrospective at, at uh, gosh, I can't even remember, Hofstra University. Mm-hmm. And I think it's on Long Island. And so, uh, uh, so I was there as as a, as a group of cartoonists talking about what it was like to have, uh, you know, during Clinton presidency. And then the final night, I was just standing sort of in the crowd off to the side, and Clinton uh, Clinton shows up, and I'm standing right next to him, and and uh, so I say, President Clinton, how you doing? And, and I told him who I was, and and, and Clinton said, "Oh, man, uh, you know, I really like that cartoon from last Sunday that you did that was in the New York Times." And I couldn't believe that because the fact that that he he could he could remember my name and the yeah. fact that I had done a cartoon, and but, but you know, talking to other people at this event with Clinton, uh, they all remembered, they all had stories about how he would meet someone in some little. While he was on the campaign trail, meet some some person in some middle of the night in some airport, and he would recognize him immediately and start talking to him just because he's got he has such a a, 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 a great mind for for for, uh, for details and things like that. So, anyways, so so that didn't I didn't really change the way I drew, drew him, but I it is fun to kind of meet someone like that and kind of experience their personality. Mike, I've been such a fan of yours for, for a number of years now. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you and, and, and getting to well, talk Joe, to you about your work. You. Well, thank you, Joe, man. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me and, and, 
you asked fabulous questions, and, and uh, uh, so thank you. The website for more is at mluckovich.com. The Twitter handle, mluckovichajc. And uh, the book is called The Twisted History of the GOP. It's published by ECW Press. It's uh, author and artist Mike Luckovich. Join me on the line from Atlanta, Georgia, in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plunto. <laughs>